So I want to thank you guys for uh, being on the Brand Power Analysis Podcast. Uh, why don't you first start off by telling people who you are, and, and then we can kind of dive into a little bit about your journey. Well, uh, my name is Judah J. Barima um, from Columbus, Ohio. I uh, former NFL player, played fear veteran with the Buccaneers, turned entrepreneur, and I'm a partner. Um, Gabe Martin, um, born and raised in Flint, Michigan. Um, former NFL player, played four years with the Arizona Cardinals and uh, in the New Orleans Saints. Um, now serial entrepreneur. Nice. So. With that said, uh, tell me a little bit more about your journey into uh, how you guys did, both became NFL players. Well, um, um, first of all, I'd like to say that I started out by actually being a soccer player when I was younger. So, being born in Italy, I uh, picked up on soccer as my sport of choice. It wasn't until I moved to the States uh, right around probably middle school, I say, is when I started really like kind of trying football and, you know, seeing that the soccer, the game of soccer wasn't as popular in the States as it was over in Europe. So I started transitioning to football and it wasn't really until um, high school where I feel like I finally got like my first experience of, you know, actually knowing and actually knowing how to play the game to its fullest. And that's when it just turned into passion. And I was able to, you know, gain an athletic scholarship to Bowling Green State University, where that's where I met Gabe. Yeah, and for me, um, I guess sort of similar to Drew, uh, I was, I liked basketball growing up. I wanted to play basketball, um, wanted to be the next Kevin Garnett. Um, and then uh, I only played football just because my friends played it, to be honest with you. Um, and I just, I was blessed enough to be uh, talented. Um, but everything I did, I always worked hard at it. Um, I, I never, I never played anything not wanting to be the best at it. So um, that competitive nature um, kind of propelled me um, when I started taking football seriously in high school, um, and and I just took advantage of the opportunity and was blessed enough to get the, uh, a chance uh, for a scholarship at Bowling Green State University again, which is where I met you. So then, um, I, mean, I think throughout that time. Um, it wasn't until for me personally after my like freshman year in college is where I really started taking football seriously. Like, I think I always had the dream and the aspiration, you know, to play ever since, you know, I joined in, you know, played a year literally in high school. But I think it wasn't until college that I was like, nah, I really want to do this, like, for real. Like, I'm going to give it my all. Like, so that's when I think, um, you know, our, as a class in college, uh, back at Bowling Green in that year, we kind of took an attitude towards becoming committed towards the game. And that took a lot more than just what was uh, required by the coaches or like the infrastructure that was already in place. We did a lot of things extra on our own as, as a team or as uh, players in order to get an edge uh, on the field. And that took a lot of extra uh, working out, a lot of extra film study, a lot of extra recovery. Um, and that's kind of like where the it kind of transitioned from just being a game to where I took it as it was like, you know, I wanted to, this to be something that I end up doing for a living. I'd say pretty similarly. Uh, we were in the same class. We came in the same year. Um, so that that transition to really 
really, I think the biggest thing was a lot of us that came in in our class, we weren't used to losing. So um, we had all come from our different respective programs where we, we have found a way to win. And in our program in college, it just necessarily, it just wasn't necessarily the case. Um, and so we took it upon ourselves to say like, as we were redshirting, we were, we were taking advantage of that time that we were going to A, um, become a cohesive group within ourselves um, and push each other so that when we got our opportunity to step on the field, we weren't losers. Um, and so that, that, that competitiveness um, and that, do it or die trying basically um, kind of propelled us to, to start to have success on the field. And um, I just, I, I fell in love with the, with the process and falling in love with that process. Um, obviously I love the game of football um, and, and, and it gave me the opportunity to, to do something I love at a professional level, uh, which in turn was me playing in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great. So when did you guys kind of, when did you guys get to the point in, in your career as an athlete where you kind of realized that, hey, we want to take our passions on the field and kind of grow something off the field? I think um, really when we were going through, I guess, the system is what you, you call it, right? The recruiting and then the, the college experience and even as trying to transition in the NFL because obviously – Neither one of our paths into the NFL was like traditional. So there wasn't, um, you know, we, I wasn't drafted, neither was Gabe, you know what I mean? So we literally, we came on to the NFL as undrafted free agents. So when you come on like that, you don't really have the branding or the name, especially coming from a small school. You don't really have what other athletes can leverage, which a lot of time is people and fans and people knowing them as athletes heading into the NFL, whether because they're drafted or whether because of other things. So for us, also being a business students in college, it was always a, a, a thought for us to really use the platform of being an athlete to then being able to build something for ourselves that's bigger than just our skill set on the field. So um, we had to really like try to create um, something special and it didn't really uh, work uh, to just use our athleticism or just, you know, our accolades on the field because that wasn't as recognized coming into the league as an undrafted free agent. We had to earn our keeps, you know what I mean? So it made you be creative in different ways that you need to kind of like funnel your energy and try to build different things off the field. Yeah, I think the goal was always to inspire. Um, and that that's from the time where I was in college and my nephews were coming to football games. Um, and just watching how excited they get, seeing, you know, that they actually know football players, and that was cool to them. Um, and then transition to the NFL, the same exact thing. Um, so now there's more people that's looking at you as an inspiration. And um, you, you know that you have influence um, in a sense. And then, you know, Jude and I, and I, I, can, I can take you back to the exact day when we decided that we were going to just establish an LLC. And this was in January, 2017. Um, we were like, okay, we're going to do something where we can help people. The goal is to build something where we can help people. We didn't know exactly what we were going to do yet, but we were just like, let's start an LLC. And so that's what we did. We didn't do anything with it, but like, that's when the, the, 
the incubation process, I guess, uh, started for us. It was back in January 2017. We were like, we're going to do something to, to build something to help others and continue to inspire people. And then fast forward to now, that's kind of what sparked everything. Mm -hmm. You guys are the prime example of when I, when I kind of talk to athletes, kind of taking their passions on the field and figuring out a way, kind of getting to that point where you kind of see that being an athlete is really a business and, and less so a career. And that there are certain aspects that you take away from the game that can help you transition into a business that you're passionate about. Um, with that said, you guys kind of mentioned that there are certain things that you did. And right now you're, you're doing pro recovery zone, which we'll talk about in a little bit, but how, what kind of things did you find out? What kind of pain points did you see while you were playing the game that led you to opening pro recovery zone? Injury. Um, injury. Injury, injury, injury. Um, I mean, we, between him and I, we've had so many surgeries and uh, just different nagging injuries and things like that that have put us in a and put us in situations where we had to recover, um, and we had to recover quickly. Like Drew mentioned before, we were undrafted free agents, so the more time you spend in the training room, um, the 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 less chances. There you go, and so. Like what what that did for us was you know it it, it propelled us to to want to push to recover better and make sure that we're staying on top of things. So when we started developing the idea for Pro Recovery Zone, we had already lived all of this, um, and, it, and in turn, it was again a situation where we would be able to help others. And you know, people deal with different injuries and, and different pains and things like that. And family and friends used to always ask us, like, what can we do if this happened? Or what do we do if that happened? So it's like, it was always bigger than us. Now we just had the opportunity to bring it to the forefront with Pro Recovery Zone. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, that's great. That's great. And then, yeah, you look at the also the side of the education piece of it, because uh, as much as we use some of these recovery modalities, you know, to get back on the field, um, Obviously, the 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 end result that resulted in us being in per recovery zone right now is us ultimately not being able to get back on the field, right? And or choosing not to be able being able to get back on the field. And I feel like the education portion that happens with that is while we were in the league, I think uh, we realized that a lot of athletes were not maximizing their platform to actually create something while they were playing. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes waited till it was too late and they were out and two or three years later tried to figure out some things and scramble some money together to either create a, a business or a brand. But while they were playing, these athletes are already a brand. They are already kind of like in a state where they are their own business. So ultimately, um, the education piece for me comes from the fact that I didn't always, you know, use these uh, modalities maybe to the best of my ability as I should have. So it's, I'm in a position now to be able to educate the younger uh, generation on how to recover properly and how to maximize all of these new opportunities and technology and things that are going on. And in the same token, I also use my platform now to advocate and speak for athletes who may be shy about jumping off the porch about maybe starting a business 
maybe turning their brand and their network into business of their own. And I just want to be able to be in position to educate people on that and, you know, help promote that as well. Yeah, no, I mean, that sounds great. That's very similar to what I'm kind of trying to do. Cause I feel like, I feel like as you, as you, as you kind of mentioned, there are certain things while you're in the game that transition over and will kind of lead to my next question uh, that make athletes such good business owners. But I think that because of they focus as an athlete focus so much in the game, which they should be, I mean, cause that's their job at the time. That's, that's right. kind of what they're, they're doing. They should take a little bit outside and, and, and kind of grasp that, that, uh, that ability to realize that or find someone to help them or, or, or grow something on the side that it's going to help them when they get out um, and leverage that. And basically these fans love you. These, these fans look up to you. They admire you. Um, so they're going to already have, you're already going to have that trust as an athlete towards these fans. If it be, you know, younger players, if it be um, other athletes uh, in the game, if it just be straight fans in general that are looking to recover or do something like that. So um with that said, what, what do you think makes you as an athlete, um, and you could speak for all athletes if you want with what, you, what your thought process is behind your, what you've gone through, what do you think make athletes such good business owners? I think what makes athletes uh, such good business owners, honestly, or gives them the potential to be such good business owners, is just the structure of just life that they've been through. I mean, you think about it, uh, even since high school, the decision to go to training camp in August is really giving up your summer to go be, wear hot pads and helmet and be out there with a grown man yelling at you and screaming at you to play a contact sport that's probably going to hurt. You know what I'm saying? While all your friends are at the pool, you know, hanging out with girls and all of that stuff, and you're out there in the sun or whatever the conditions are, if you're in cold weather, you're in the cold weather, and you're, you're in there and you're, you're trying to do something that is extremely difficult because football is an extremely difficult game. It's the ultimate team sport, you know, and I can speak for football, but I also can speak for other sports that take an incredible amount of discipline and sacrifice to repeatedly go out there and do something every day. Whether it's good or bad and unwavering of the conditions around you, you're expected to perform. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what drives business, performance. And I think when you transfer those things that athletes learn coming up through the high school, college, and then at the pro level, when there's an immense amount of pressure to perform on Sundays, I mean, I feel like performing in business there, and it's not, it's not even asking the athlete to do something hard. You know what I mean? I mean, I could remember my first start uh, in the NFL. Uh, we were playing the Giants, and I found out like 15 minutes Five minutes maybe before the game, I find out after the national anthem that I was going to be starting. And on the other side, they got Eli Manning over there and Odell Beckham Jr. And I'm about three, four weeks off the practice squad. But I knew then and there that I've been here before. You know what I'm saying? It was just a different level. But in college, I was throwing my first start at West Virginia, one of the most hostile places to play in college football. So all of those things are just things that are acquired through repeated behavior. And that's what a lot of athletes, um, you know, experience. And when you add the structure that you have to be somewhere, somebody's holding you accountable. So then in essence, you learn how to hold others accountable. It just makes for good business all across. I feel like it makes, it makes for athletes to be able to be leaders in their own business. And I feel like the promotion for athletes 
becoming leaders of their own businesses, whether it's an actual operating business or a brand. Um, I think it's, it's a great, it's a great idea and it's a great movement to push because uh, we, we have what it takes. Uh, I think we're equipped to do so. So, so as of right now, I know you guys opened a couple of months ago and you kind of were at that point and, and let's, let's just disregard the certain situation at hand, but uh, have you felt like you've dealt with certain struggles that are very similar to when you were in the game? like struggles in a business aspect. Cause to me personally, I've noticed that I've seen that a lot of struggles that I go through my business, I'm like, man, this, this kind of reminds me of when I played soccer or when, you know, I did this and I've, I learned this, uh, this struggle. You feel like you've, you've dealt with some of those already that you're like, Oh man, I've kind of dealt with this on a much higher level. And that's why it's so much easier for me to surpass it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, one thing that I'm very, um, or I think one thing that, especially playing football in my position, one thing that taught me, playing football taught me, especially playing cornerback, is to have a short-term memory. And not to also let your frustration or displeasure show with your body language and to always be even killed. So even through business right now with COVID and everything going on and a, uh, the slow traffic and us not even being able to ramp up business as, as fast as we want to and us not really having opportunities maybe to market ourselves as much as we want to through it all I can't let it show because I got I'm, I'm managing employees I have a team I have people over there looking at me and if my if my body language is going down and looking like I'm mopey every day then everyone around me is going to be affected by that and then that's going to affect our performance and it's the same as being on the field, you know what I'm saying? Just because I gave up a few passes or I gave up a touchdown or two, well, if I start looking like I gave up, I gave up and I'm defeated, everyone else around me is going to lose confidence in me, and eventually we're not going to be successful. So things like that I always see and I remind myself, like, man, this is just, this is just like being on the field, you know what I mean? Like, there are things that are happening that are under my control, and there are things that are also happening that I have no control over. But either way, I have to keep the same even kill attitude and just keep pushing forward, you know what I mean? And I feel like that's what, um, you know, kind of is able to sustain me throughout this journey. I like how you mentioned short-term memory because I kind of, what I've noticed as I've grown my business is that you get to this point in your head where you're like, I do have to think about the five, 10-year plan, but if I overthink long-term, then all the what-ifs, all the what-ifs, happening right now I'm gonna be too anxious over I'm gonna feel like I'm not doing I'm doing too fast or too slow it's the curse it's the curse you know it's it's you're always getting ahead but you're always feeling like you're getting behind as well and uh, so and the short-term memory is more for like things that you do like we bumped our heads a ton getting to this level both as athletes and as as businessmen you know what I mean and it's like the short-term memory is in the aspect of not harping on those past experiences to like, to be too hard on yourself on, you know what I mean? Because you have to bump your head on your way to the top. You have to bump your head to be successful. You have to give up a few touchdowns eventually to make the big play. You know what I mean? You have to see those struggles even in business in order to be successful. So it's really about just forgetting about those things and then moving on. You know what I mean? Really, truly turning the page on those mistakes, learning and then growing, but just really moving on and not hanging on those mistakes or having fear 
to move forward because you've bumped your head so many times because you're going to bump your head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's a, a common business thing that I see a lot of business owners make a mistake of is not learning from their mistakes and keep doing the same thing over and over wrong or on vice versa. It's the same thing. It's a lot like when you, when you have expenses, you get certain expenses and you, uh, push with those expenses. And then, you know, five months later, you're like, well, should I get rid of this? I don't know if it's working or not, this and that. And so no, that, that makes total sense. Um, so what are some things athletes can learn in regard to building their brands um, from other business owners? Number one, I say you use your network, uh, use your network a ton um, because um, you as a brand, you, you're only going to be able to show who you are to the people that you know, but you have to allow yourself to use the people that you know why you have the platform. And what I mean is, for instance, while we um, were in the league, a lot of times there was uh, times we went out and did community service or we did outreach to businesses and local business owners would reach out, you know, to players to try to build relationships, whether that was for sponsorship or advertising at the time, or as far as just purely philanthropy and community service, there were the resources there. And a lot of times, um, it, they were presented to us in a way that we had to feel obligated unless we had a passion for the business or unless we, we had the passion for the movement. So I think the number one thing athletes need to do is figure out what you're passionate about before or outside of the game and use the platform that gives you the outreach to those places and build those connections. Because after football, those are still the people that are really going to want to work with you and are still going to want to push your agenda outside of football because once you're done playing for a team, you can't use that team no more to promote yourself. You get what I'm saying? So it's better to get linked in with a business or an organization that can help you promote yourself and your agendas off the field because then that's going to be a professional platform. You know what I mean? And as you build different you know, networks through your professional platform, you can do so many things and are able to, you know, do so many things over different platforms, whether it's clothing or whether it's um, after school programs or whether it's being a trainer yourself or it's whether what we're doing in the recovery space, there are so many different aspects of an athlete's life that are able to be optimized by just using your network and just people that you're exposed to every day. So I think that's the, that's the number one thing they can learn from business owners is because business owners understand that, that there's, they're only as valuable as the people that they know. And then they use those people. And once those people become your network, that's how your network then expands. You know what I mean? So that's just a little bit of what I think could help. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely something, uh, especially for those athletes that are more introvert, um, to kind of learn from is, you know, me as a business owner, uh, I, I've had to learn to become more of an extrovert. <laughs> you have to, you have to, especially in this day and age. Um, how, how can you, how do you think you can help athletes? Let's talk about pro recovery zone a little bit there. How, how are you helping athletes, uh, move forward with their career and their business slash um, evolving in, in what they're trying to do? Um, I think uh, for Pro Recovery Zone, um, we're, we're just showing that this athlete-centric environment um, with 
uh, the protocols and everything that we have in place, how there's a link to it with, with, with your everyday person. And um, being that we're, we're actually trying to create a space where, you know, athletes and the fans or fans of athletes and what they do to recover or what they do in their everyday lifestyle can actually connect because you get to go here, come here and actually go through an athlete experience. And, you know, we've been grateful enough to a short time we've been open to have a lot of pro athletes come in here and share, you know, maybe time and, and experiences with uh, clients that couldn't get to see and interact with these athletes on, on, on an everyday basis. As for the athletes, I think we provide an inspiration because um, a lot of athletes um, want to see or themselves transition career-wise into something that they can then have passion and something that they don't really have to, like, you know, sell too much. You know what I mean? Like, Pro Recovery Zone, what we're doing here is, like, literally, like Gabe said, something that we've lived. You know, I, I can show you pictures of me three, four, five years ago when I was playing in a crowd therapy tank on a stretch table or in the Norma Tech boots. You know what I mean? So the passion that's driven behind it and the way it happened in the transition, it was all led by just us trying to seek a way we could help. You know what I'm saying? A way we could help, a way we could have a, a, a solution to a problem where we feel like a lot of people are uneducated about the recovery aspect of their well-being and how much they need to be able to recover their bodies as much as they're working out and putting the right foods in their body, they need to take the same aspect of that recovery as seriously. So there's two, there's two aspects of it where I feel like we're affecting the inspiration that's coming from us being able to transition as, as athletes from something we did as athletes into now into a business, but then also connecting that athlete and the clients that we have come in and letting them know that they, li they can live in a life lifestyle professionally you know what I mean and um because we have a lot of clients who are doctors dentists and they work these jobs where they're behind the desk or they're hunched over every day and a lot of these modalities help them recover and bring their performance out of bring the best out of their performance in a professional life but that's the same things these athletes are using these modalities for mm -hmm. it's to perform the best on the field on Sundays so I feel like we're kind of bridging that connection a little bit in the education of it so it's pretty cool no, that, that is pretty cool. And I'm, I'm eventually excited. Uh, I know with everything going on, I haven't been able to, you know, come in yet. I, I'm in here right now. Actually, we're kind of doing a, a, an, in, an inner uh, podcast in the other room. But uh, so we'll go around and we'll take pictures and, and I'll throw it up with this podcast so people can kind of get a look at the facility and things of that nature. Awesome. Um, but I'll definitely have to try it out soon. You know, I'm like, I was like, I was ranting with you earlier. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I feel like I'm getting pretty skinny fat right now. And I'm kind of trying to, <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to get back into the groove of things. And I've had a lot of problems with my arms over the years and stuff like that. So I'll have to give it a shot and, and throw up a review of some, some way, form or another of the process and how it's helped me and all that nifty stuff. But, uh, why don't you, uh, why don't we, we end off here and I can kind of, why don't you just tell everyone where you're located, um, where they can find you and uh, places online, they may gather some more information. All right, so we're located at the uh, Phoenix Biltmore Fashion Park, um, right across from the Lifetime Fitness Gym here on the east end of the mall, 2502 East Camelback Road uh, in Phoenix. And uh, we are a wellness, um, Crowd Therapy Lounge uh, here to Elite uh, Restoration. And uh, we're here to recover you. And uh, there's no recovery like pro recovery, right? That's so, I love the tagline. <laughs> yeah, 
Crow Recovery. And uh, you can find us on all the socials, Instagram, um, Twitter, Facebook. We're on LinkedIn as well. Um, we're online. We're very user-friendly. Uh, come book an appointment and come see us and see how we can help you live uh, your best life. Perfect. Well, thanks again for being on uh, the Brand Power Analysis Podcast. 